maybe you want a partner that has had sex with a man with a big cock so that they know it's not, you know, materially better. You mean a partner with a big cock other other than me? Right. Sorry, I should have clarified that. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships with frankness that is mostly in good faith, but often controversial. On today's program, we're going to discuss sexual interactions with people who are sleeping, penis extenders, free use, and more. I am Keith. My co-host is Mike. Mike, you told me you have something good to kick off the show with today. I do. Um, There is, so I'm, uh, one of my sad predilections is using TikTok. And although you've admitted that you use Instagram's equivalent uh, product because you feel like Mark Zuckerberg's curation is better than um, the Chinese uh, uh, Communist Party. It's not that I think his curation is better. In fact, I bet TikTok is a slightly better product. Okay. I don't know. I I don't like that the CCP may control ByteDance, which is the owner of TikTok. I think it makes it funnier. In any event, this is so. There is an account. There is an account uh, of a. Now we've discussed what a thirst trap is on 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 the show in the past. It's a uh, usually young woman who posts non-pornographic but sort of alluring uh, short videos and the like online to attract men, typically to a what they might call a spicy page, an OnlyFans page. Uh, So I'm going to show you a couple of. what I think are thirst traps of, of a woman, a lovely young woman. Uh, can you see my phone okay here? I can. And oh, wow. Yes. You see the one at the bottom. It's like kind of the Brady Bunch here. You can see a series of photos. Why don't you describe for the, the bottom, the one, the that one where she's right there. Uh, wiggling her torso back and forth, which is creating a wobbling effect with her breasts. So I clicked on it. And you notice mm-hmm. what she's wearing. Can you describe that? I'm actually a little confused is there it it appears to be a bikini but there's no strap connecting the two um bra cups that's right so this woman has extraordinarily large breasts and she often will wear something that looks like some kind of a, a toga or something that kind of holds them up holds her breasts up but kind of yeah. leaves a gap in between them and so this seems to be one huh. of her um, typical moves. And I've seen her before on the, on the site. Her username on TikTok is court C O U R T. So maybe her name is Courtney. I don't know. That's she has a other good ones. username. I'm surprised she was able to get that. She must've been That's around true. for a while. She has other ones, you know, I mean, she has like some text here, but they're all just sort of highlighting her breast. She has a, uh, very blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah. And you know, she's on, uh, all the platforms. I assume you've not seen her before on your I have not. She's, she's very pretty. I would say the feature attraction, though, is uh, her chest. Okay. So she posted yesterday, 19 hours ago even, uh, a video that is titled The Dark Truth of My Only Fans Experience. Now, it's three minutes long, so I don't know if we want to listen mm. to the whole thing. But yeah. um, I'm going to play some of it, and maybe you can stop uh, if when, when you think we've gotten the gist. Okay. And um, so it's called The Dark Truth of My Only Fans Experience. So here we okay. go. I'm ready. I marked the day where I have made over a million dollars on OnlyFans. I want to talk about what I wish I knew, things I regret, and just in general knowledge about everything I've learned throughout the process of being an OnlyFans girl for 
about two and a half years. So okay. when I started my OnlyFans in 2020 during the pandemic, I was in kind of a crazy place in my life. I felt very alone. I was financially unsure of where my life was going. And I was in a very, very, very low spot. I had a very close friend suggest to me that I should start social media and start OnlyFans and start just to see what would happen. I just wish there had been somebody to tell me about the things that come with it. As they say, there are no free lunches in life and making a big, big income on OnlyFans comes with a huge price. Mm -hmm. So as crazy as it is where I'm in a financial position, I feel very sad. You know, the internet does last forever and these are things I can never take back. One of the biggest Wait, things okay. too is that I can you pause? lost the ability to have Yes. She's just going to whine. a good part there, but... Okay. Oh, well, she's... Hang on. The next bit thing she says, I think, is important. Let's, let's okay. just All right, let's quickly go. do that, and then we can talk about it. Yeah. Okay. One of the biggest things, too, is that I have lost the ability to have a real relationship and a family. Every single guy that I date now knows about this. He'll find out about this. And it's something I'm going to have to explain to my children. And it's going to be difficult. Okay. So it goes on and on. It goes on and on like that. That was we we listened to about half of it. Um, and just so you, in case you didn't catch it at the beginning, the a, a couple of points. One is that she is making this video on the anniversary of her making a million dollars. I uh, caught that. Presumably yeah. of. I mean, that's before tax. Who knows if I, probably OnlyFans makes you pay tax. So that's probably actually half a million dollars, depending on what state she lives in. Hmm. Um, and second thing, she. <laughs> uh, Three hours after posting that video, was back posting a video of herself with her boobs hanging right. out there, right. uh, and then another one uh, just three hours ago. Now another one, and so so on and so forth. So, so she hasn't stopped producing this content. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, what what you heard there? Um, I don't understand what the concern is. Like, okay, let's say she has, <laughs> let's say she has a daughter. Okay. Yeah. Like, why is it embarrassing to tell the daughter, like, hey, I figured out a way to monetize my beauty when I was young and made a million dollars? Like, what right. is, what is, what is it that's bad about that? What do you think? Or do you want me to answer? Or do you, what do you think? Well, I think that she thinks, I mean, ostensibly, she thinks she's like a sexually liberated person and that she doesn't think that body shaming should be a thing. And so while it's certainly true that she's getting judged for what she's done, I think it's inconsistent to, yeah, like, I don't think people should care what uh, puritanical folks think about them sharing their bodies are. Like, it is true that some men are going to see that stuff or know that she does that stuff and not be interested in her because of that. But shouldn't she want to filter those people out anyway because they're not um, sex work positive to the extent that what she's doing could even be considered sex work? It, it, it probably it's a fair is. point. I mean, it's a fair point that she, uh, on that sex point, sex work point, I mean, she, let's just assume that she hasn't actually um, engaged in escorting or anything like that. And yeah. I, I have no indication that she has. So let's just stipulate that then. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a pretty fine line there. I mean, she may not, you, many people might not even consider it sex work. I mean, there's not that much of a difference between what she, presumably on OnlyFans. I'm going to assume that she posted, uh, you know, graphic 
sex scenes, not just uh, these sort of alluring uh, taste tra- taste thirst traps. Thirst traps. My bad. Thirst traps. <laughs> uh, and this, by the way, um, I, I guess I should mention in this this week, um, a woman. I think did I send you this? I did. A woman running for the uh, Virginia House of Delegates, which is their uh, Congress House of representatives. Yeah, their yes. state their state Congress. Right, has been outed for having. Uh, she's running as a Democrat, and she's been outed for having a, a pretty active chatterbait presence, making money yes. with, with her husband on that. Yeah, she um, was. You're camming. Comment, yeah, w- she was camming with her husband, and the nature of her camming is, yeah, she's like having sex with him, and it's the normal sort of chatterbait thing where people give you tips money money tips uh if you do like they'll request that you do something and then if you do it they'll give you a tip i actually didn't think it was the i mean i i may be more of an expert at chatterbait than you are in terms of as a viewer uh and i, I didn't think I it think was so <laughs> <laughs> i didn't think it was the most typical uh type of chatterbait content um and i, I if i feel like it i'll post i know i know because i get data on this that if i post in the show notes <clears throat> links to the videos that those will be the most clicked things we have all year it's reliably (laughs) the case (laughs) but uh uh they uh it's more of a hot wife type thing so it actually was more it's not trying to elicit tips the stuff she was doing as much and then there's one in particular that he was putting his his, her husband was putting his finger up her butt yeah and kind of was complaining very obviously with yeah without any lube pretty obviously and um it didn't it almost wasn't sexual. It was kind of bizarre. It was like, what? Yeah, he's just sort of poking it up in there. But okay, she, she, the main point here is that she um, now is facing criticism from various quarters uh, for having produced that content, and so it's a little bit similar, right? I mean, there, there. Here you have like fast, fast forward. I think this woman, uh, this woman running for office, is maybe in her forties. And yeah. Fast forward, you have, in fact, someone being, uh, I guess, slut shamed uh, when trying to do something in their life. Yeah. So importantly, yeah. she's a Democratic candidate and the Republicans, her Republican opposition is the one who leaked this and are trying to do the shaming here. And her defense sure. has so far been, this is a smear campaign. I was having sex with my husband. What's wrong with that? Blah, blah, blah. I, I think that's what she said so far. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> so you you have difficulty understanding. I mean, I think that, I think that what's going on with this young lady on... Um, TikTok is she's hold. I don't think it's that. I think she's holding up to herself up to a standard that's in her own mind. Uh, it's not that she's being shamed by other people. It's that she is holding herself up to her own standard. And I think that standard. I said something about this last episode. Really is, uh, she's imagining what she would want her own kid to do, and she's thinking, oh, I. So why wouldn't she have that conversation with her kid? Because she doesn't want her kid to be a cam girl. That's why. Yeah. I think this this stuff. Okay, I got to think about what I want to say here. I think that <laughs> women are often misogynist, and and they would like find it outrageous for me to like start a spiel like that. But like, you see this on Seeking all the time. So Seeking for our newer listeners is a sugar daddy matching website, and. Uh, you'll see profiles on there all the time where the women say, uh, I'm not just a pretty face. I'm a really good conversationalist. And it's like, you would never see that on a man's profile. 
Like a man wouldn't say like, oh, I'm smart. Right? Well, actually, if somebody, like, if somebody like, writes that saying, on the- Yep. By saying they're a good conversationalist, they're implying that most women aren't. Like the thing that separates them is that oh, that's interesting. They're not an idiot. Like they're they're revealing their own bias. I actually don't think they're implying that. I think they're just trying to two things. First, I wanted to say that if a guy put that on his profile, it would immediately be taken as humor. It would be taken as like, oh, well, that you know, he's just joking. I mean, no, like uh, like oh, that's funny. He's implying. That no one could ever find a guy, say that a guy has a pretty face, blah, blah, blah. There's like a joke in there. And right. secondly, um, I don't think, I think, I think that she's, she's not implying the most, I don't think that's what she's implying. She's, in, she's trying to push back against the idea that she, all that matters is her looks. I don't No, That's not right. Okay. We disagree. That's fine. It's not that we disagree. It's that like, I've seen <laughs> thousands of profiles that I think my understanding of the situation is better. Like the women subtly are constantly putting down other profiles. They're trying to say what separates them. And the thing that separates them are normal things like, oh, I sometimes read. <laughs> it's like, that's not, that's not, like, that you think that most women don't is misogynist. Okay. And so the reason why I bring this up is she is doing this camming. She claims to be sort of feeling this pressure, but for starters, she has a million dollars rolling in. So obviously well, most people seem to be okay with it. Uh, and then she, you're saying she should keep doing it you know, because she, she doesn't like in the videos or in the thirst traps I've seen, like, I don't see any reason why she would, if it's been two and a half years or yeah, two and a half years or maybe a year and a half, she said, and she's made a million dollars, I would say, okay, well, she should be able to make two or three more million dollars before maybe her, those breasts start yeah. sagging too much. Sorry, I guess I haven't. Yeah, I buried the lead here. Yeah, I definitely think she should keep keep doing this or at least not feel shame about it. I mean, look, there's sort of three possible constituents that would be upset that she did this. One is a potential future mate. And if he can't tolerate that she did that, she should next him anyway. So that doesn't matter. Like if some guy she meets is like, oh, I wish you were, you know, more church going. Like, I don't know why she would be interested in that person in the first place. Person two is like would be child. And yeah, same. Like she should teach her children to be like strong, confident people and to sort of like reject the puritanical culture that, you know, is sort of everywhere. And then the third would be a would be employer. And uh, yeah, for starters, I don't know what state she lives in, but in California, if you found out that an employer rejected you because of like your OnlyFans page, you just sue them. And now she has $2 million. Like it's, there's no risk of like, if you applied to Google, okay. And they, you found out they didn't hire you because some senior manager found your OnlyFans page. Oh my God. That's such an like easy windfall. Uh, and so like, I don't. I just don't understand what the, yeah, like what, what the even like hypothetical concern is. Other than that, she feels some embarrassment about what she's done. Okay. And I don't think she should, but I think she does feel that. So I'd like to investigate a little bit your, uh, your anti-shame. You're basically saying she should not feel shame or it's inappropriate for her to feel shame. Um, let's say, so you were not willing when we had a listener offer a certain amount of money there is an amount of money where you would give a man a blowjob. Correct. Let's say that you found out that you could make a million dollars a year by doing something kind of raunchy with your anus on camera uh -huh. and your face is visible like a lot and your parents would know and everybody would know like your, your view is you should do that. 
Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yes, ten million for sure. Yeah, there's some number where yes, I I think it's it's basically irresponsible not to do it. And you would say to everybody like, look, fuck off, like, uh, yeah, I've got this money and you don't. I'll I'll see you on my yacht. Okay. Okay. Um. So it's so then it's just a question of how much. uh, Not only that, Mike. It's not only that. There is some shame. It's it's not just that. Okay, there would be a little bit of shame for sure, but that's what the money's for. Um, okay. But I don't even know if there, well, I'm not even sure there should be shame. For sure, our culture would make me try to feel shame. Yes. Uh, yeah. But I'm not sure I would want to be friends with anyone who, I mean, it would depend a little bit. But generally, if someone was like, I can't believe you did that, you're, you know, you're, You've you've sided with the devil or whatever, or aren't you, aren't you embarrassed that people have seen the inside of your of your anus? <laughs> I would just say no, and I think it's super obvious that I like I have sixty million dollars in my bank account now because I've been doing this for six years. Like why? Like you're an idiot okay. for thinking that I shouldn't have done this. What? Like, if, let's say let, let's say I'm just trying to like probe the outer limits here. Let's say there was no risk of of violence toward you. Uh, and there was no jail time, uh, but okay. to get the ten million dollars, you have to live the rest of your life basically as Jared, the subway guy. So everybody yeah. in the world, literally, <laughs> actually, everybody knows that you're a pedophile, and they know your face because you were all over these commercials. So yeah. every time you walk in a room, it's like, oh, that pedophile. Like there is a point where the shame would matter, right? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't make that trade. I think it would just be too lame, or, or like, or, or you have to be OJ Simpson. Yeah, you know, you get a bunch of money, but it's like, oh, <laughs> now I have OJ Simpson. Right, everyone hates me. I mean, they should. Uh, yeah, in OJ's case, yes. And, sorry, let me be clear. Also, in Jared's case, yes, yes, we've had some some issues with that in the last few weeks. But yes, we are opposed to pedophilia in all yes, forms. Yes, yes. we are. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, there are certain boundaries. Yeah, I wouldn't want to like be a pariah for my entire life. There's, there's, there's some edge there that I would. Okay, but you don't over. think it's possible that a for women, the way that their kid sees them is like that is that kind of an edge. So hmm. it's in other words, it's not, it's not society exactly. It's that they're for, they're deeply afraid of their daughter, you know, not looking up to maybe, them or something. Maybe even probably, but. She should inspect her thoughts about how she feels about sex work or camming generally. Yeah. And if she's embarrassed by it, she shouldn't fucking do it. And she well, could have sort of known a, that's this. That's actually your point in the video. She could have known this in prospect. Like, she's like, oh, I wish I would have known. It's like, what? How did you not know? Like, your choices were you do this and it's unsuccessful and nobody finds out about it. Or you do this and you are successful and lots of people find out about it. There is no middle ground there where you're successful and people don't find out about it. And she should have known this in prospect and complaining about it in retrospect seems um, uh, misguided. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I would say to our listeners Unsympathetic. that this is to some extent a uh, a question that both Keith and I have had to think about in our own lives with this show, because yeah. as it be as the success of the show could put us in some kind of similar situation, and particularly in sort of with the uh, the kind of woke nature of things, when anytime one of us says something that would you could you could get flack from both sides. Is the point I'm making? You get flack from people who say, "Why do you, why are you involved in a sex and relationship podcast?" or 
And why did you say penis and clit and stuff or talking yeah. about porn online on, on, on the internet? And then on the other side of like, well, you're a misogynist. So basically everybody hates you. Yeah. I mean, becoming well-known basically often involves people hating you. Um, and, and you're right that it's a little strange. People wouldn't know that's part of the bargain. The other point, the only other point I would make is that uh, for the average person, getting a million bucks is so much money that, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's maybe 20 years of income for her. Right. And so that makes it challenging. Uh, and I can see how people think, oh, well, well, I'm going to be able to handle this because I'll have all this money. And to them, it's this massive amount of money. She may now be figuring uh, out that that's not quite as much money as she hoped. Right. Or that the blowback is more than she'd imagined. Yeah. It's, well, I mean, the, your lifestyle, you know, is, uh, <clears throat> there, there, are, there are various people who argue, and I think you and I have debated this, that if you make like $70,000 a year, that's enough. Maybe it's 80 now. So that uh, your life is basically inst- indistinguishable from somebody who makes like a million dollars a year. Like you, most of what you do in life is kind of the same. This is, you can debate it a bit, but like maybe she's sort of finding that out. It's like, oh, so that, so like there's, um, what do they call There's an economic concept there where like you, the, the, you, as you get more and more of something, the incremental value goes down. And so it's sort of like, she's like, well, I would have rather had a hundred thousand dollars and have less shame. My life back. Right. Yes, exactly. So I can see that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in some ways it's a useful filter for me if somebody is critical of this podcast. It's like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> we just disagree on like what's valuable and what's important. And mm-hmm. so if someone is like, oh, I could never talk about sex in public. It's like, okay, well, I think <laughs> you're sort of boring then. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, and especially if they think there's something shameful about it. It's um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what her experience is. Like maybe she like recently met a boy that she liked and then he was like, oh, I want you to not be on OnlyFans and that hurt her feelings or whatever. Like, you know, maybe there's some proximate cause for this for this complaint. I don't think she can. I mean, in many ways, the horses have left the barn, right? She's already famous. There's going to be content online forever. So like even if she stopped now, like that she posted another video three hours later of her wiggling her chest around <laughs> doesn't isn't necessarily incongruent with her being upset about the position she's in. Oh, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, she's got to look, the, the show must go on. And, and frankly, right. at this point, right, she might as well keep making the money because. Yeah, she's yeah, already suffered most, it. like 90% of the downside risk has already been realized. Yeah, and not doing it for three months. I mean, I'm not sure how much time she has that she can make this kind of money, but yeah. it's certainly less than 10 years. And yeah. so she should she should continue to do that. Uh, I think I, I will say that I think that um, like your willingness to your the way you think about this is extremely unusual. I think I most people I would not. See I agree, it, that it way. is. I think most yeah. people have more conservative thoughts around sex and sharing their sex lives and talking about it out loud. I think just reflexively. And also, they want they don't want they. It's something like they don't want to be constrained from possible future behavior like like this woman who's running for uh virginia delegate the house of delegates in virginia they don't want to be have something like that this come back and bite them oh i can't be on the the president of the pta for my kid because somebody objects and i live in oklahoma or whatever like yeah. i can see people they, they think about that and i think you're unusually more willing to take risk to i've thought uh, about that the cash i i don't understand why when people, first of all, 
I'm sure I have said things on this podcast that if sound bi- sound bitten sound sound bited the right way would make me come off as a like terrible oaf. Uh, I I think generally the full body of work on this podcast I reveal myself to be fine like certainly sure. no worse no more misogynist than average in fact far less so and so uh, I've always wondered why when people get called out for um you know like tweets that they you know tweeted 12 years ago like why don't they just say like look i'm really embarrassed about this but you know when i was that age i wasn't as educated as i am now i i still make mistakes and uh, you know i probably will make mistakes going forward but i commit to try to learn from them and like always be listening and try to you know adjust as as we all learn instead they're always like yeah, their apology doesn't sound like they've actually learned anything from it. They're like, "Oh, I'm sorry this got found. I'm sorry if people's feelings have been hurt." They don't they don't take the opportunity to say like, "Hey, I'm fallible and I'm trying here, and if there's something that you guys want me to talk about that I've said, I'd be happy to say what my thoughts are now on this and let's move forward." I don't I think it's some combination. I mean, this make the when this topic always makes me think of Michael Richards and the famous Laugh Factory incident. <clears throat> yeah, uh, people I'm sure know about. Yeah, that Michael uh, Richards was Kramer and Seinfeld, and what he yes. started shouting the N word at somebody in the crowd or something. Right, and I mean, like he's known. He was known in his stand up career. I don't think he was thought to be a great stand up comic. <laughs> uh, he, was, he was something he did. He was obviously a great physical comic. Uh, yeah, nobody nobody doubts that. Um. But it's something he did, and these people, you know, com- comedians do it to refine their craft. It makes sense, but he, yeah, it makes me think of that because that's there's a playbook that people often follow that I think comes from kind of PR people, damage control, and they often don't uh, own what happened in the way you're describing. They sort of they, they're, they're various strategies people use, but essentially they don't they 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 basically try to get past it as fast as possible and things like that. And I think that that. Uh, it's it's confusing to me why people don't just say look like you know just yeah just sort of own it and be like yeah, yeah this, this is a thing that happened okay you know it seems like apologizing is not a very well known art and yeah I don't understand why so many people are are awful at it can we talk briefly about this politician that was camming or this would be politician sure okay so. Her situation's a little bit differently. Different. She's not making a million dollars from this. She's, uh, like you said, she's running for the state congress in right. What Virginia. do they call it? The House of Delegates in Virginia. That's right. And uh, yeah, I just saw two videos that have been released. Presumably, there's more. Presumably, they cammed a number of times. So there are, yeah, there are sites that that record basically everything that happens on Chatterbait. I mean, people do thinking they do, of camming should know this. Do you know that they record basically everything or is it just yes. that, like top 100 or what is it? My impre- Oh, that's a good question. My, I, I don't know if it's the top 100, but generally my impression is that there are sites that have, of the ones that get a reasonable number of viewers, they have everything. And, and yeah, they monetize it, right? Right. They're probably hosted not in the United States and right. they'll show you the first couple videos and then like you have to give them money right. to get the rest. Yeah. And I'm sure there are people that do it because it's cheaper than paying the OnlyFans or whatever. Yeah, I had to fight through a number of ads and <laughs> clickbaity things to, to see the video. Right. Uh, yeah, with her, 
yeah, so the question you have to ask yourself is that a person running for office did this kind of camming in the past. Actually, it looks like it was a fairly recent past. Uh, yes. Is that exclusionary? Does that exclude them or does that affect their candidacy? And I think it might for me just because... Well, I think I know what you're going to say. Okay. I don't think it should affect her candidacy. Like what she wants to do and the, you know, quote unquote, privacy of her own home is her own business. But she can't, (laughs) she should know that doing this is, would, would have like a downstream impact later down the line. And she clearly didn't consider that. Right. So it's revealing of some stupidity or naivety on her part. And that stupidity and naivety is what concerns me about her. Not that she has kind of weird, boring, kinky, like not that kinky sex with her husband. Yeah. The, I mean, the, um, I guess you would, you would feel differently about it if she'd made more money maybe doing it because then she would have sort of a life changing outcome. She, she constrained her life without much benefit, without much upside. That's essentially that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's, that's like, that's a, a reasonable take. And, and also I, th- I think you're going to say that it's sort of a sign of not being the sharpest bulb that she didn't consider that. That's, that's uh, my concern. It's, it's, I, I don't care that she was naked on camera. Uh, what bothers me is that she should have known that that would have some sort of downstream impact. And now she's, you know, yeah, now that she's facing that, she's acting outraged that it's having this impact. I mean, the, yeah, it's not a great way to do it, but it is true that this is a way she's now much better known than she would have been otherwise. I doubt yeah. that was a strategy. This might end up really helping her. I'm not sure. Apparently, it was a close race, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens here. But you can imagine this galvanizing uh, for them. Like, what were the? Wasn't there? Um, a couple black congressmen in like Alabama or something, and they got evicted from the house because I don't. Oh, oh, not evicted, but but they were removed. They were they um, were they were kicked out yeah. for some reason. Yeah, uh, I mean things like that can. Uh, anyway, it became like this national news story, sure. and then yes. they raised like millions of dollars in races where like ten thousand dollars put you over the edge. There was there was a congresswoman maybe from Southern California in the last five years who mm-hmm. it was revealed was in some sort of complex sexual relationship and that did not help her. Mm. She lost re-election. Yeah. So I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's I think probably some randomness tenuous. here, but yeah. Um, but if your goal you, is, I mean, the goal in, I mean, a lot of times, I don't think this is their, her goal, but if your goal was just to basically get known, so then you could uh, somehow make money off of some level of celebrity, it could be a clever Clever play, right? You Maybe this go is on all... Chatterbait and then you run for an office and get caught and say, oh no, you revealed right. my secret plan. Maybe she never wanted to be a congresswoman. She just wanted to get more traffic to her Chatterbait page. <laughs> that's 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 not likely. <laughs> it's 40 chess here, Mike. <laughs> right. <laughs> she gets like a couple extra uh, tokens. Yeah. But yeah, again, like I don't care that she did this. I care that she didn't know that other people would care. <laughs> That. Yeah, and you, you and you recognize the vast majority of people. I think it's fair to say vast majority of people do care about this. Yes, uh, for sure. And would treat I, these people differently, having done this. Yeah. And 
are very concerned, for example, about what that means. I, I mean, okay, if you had a kid, let's mm-hmm. see, and you found out this person was their Boy Scout or Girl Scout den leader or something like that, <sighs> did that bother you? I mean, this is the thing, right? It's like, it comes down to this, it comes down to school and kids and, and it's yeah. not fair and it's probably not even reasonable or right. And a lot, I think this comes, a lot of the, I mean, there's people who, as I do follow the uh, much maligned libs of TikTok Twitter account will know that there've been repeated uh, incidents or situations involving principals, teachers, and so forth at schools who turn out to be drag queens and so on and so forth. And it's, I'm not sure people are being rational to have a problem with it, but I'm also not surprised they have a problem with it because they're just hyper concerned about their kids. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know someone who thinks that men basically shouldn't be allowed to coach uh, women's sports teams. And this person actually goes so far as to say that maybe men shouldn't be allowed to be high school teachers. And I think they're probably wrong in that, but yeah, he would say like, look, like 99% of, you know, sexual violations are committed by men. And so (laughs) yes, there's some downside of not exposing children to men, but the upside of making sure that basically all instances of sexual violations goes away is considerable. And so it is with stuff like this, like, uh, but I mean, would this friend of yours support differential police treatment of people based on their ethnicity? Because there's similar data with ethnicity and violence. I mean, like, uh, stop. like, sure, there's data supporting, Hey, this group of people does this more than that group of people. But I mean, you're going to wind up in a pretty, yeah, I don't think blind situation then. Like, yeah, I know that. I mean, we're really wading into it here. I think the numbers suggest that uh, black people commit more crime or get convicted of more crime, let's say. And, but I think even in that case, I think it's like, it's twice as much or three times as much and it depends on the crime. Uh, And if you would adjust for various factors, it drops a bit, but generally let's just say for the sake of argument, they commit more crime, but it's not like it is with like sexual assault where it's like 99 point whatever percent men. And so I, I think- that's that true. If you if you were to murder argue. all men, you would get rid of all sexual assault, all right. SA as they call it. Right. So it's yeah, that's true. So you yeah, I mean you just basically have to weigh the downside of not allowing men like yeah, like not exposing children to men basically at all except for maybe their fathers. And you know, is that worth the upside of getting rid of a bunch of sexual assault? I, I don't think so, but I I I understand at least the spirit of the argument. Sure. I mean, that's look the frustrating situation that I find myself in almost daily of not being able to go in the women's locker room uh, <laughs> is a consequence of these men. Uh, if that if these men didn't exist, uh, maybe I would be able to go in there and frolic. I think there are a number of places in California now that just have one bathroom. No locker room. Not bathrooms. Not inter- I don't want to watch them poop. I want to watch them <laughs> do other stuff. I want to watch them frolic. I think that yeah. women's locker rooms have a lot more towel wearing than men's locker rooms do. That should I think be against men, the rules. Men like imposing their their penises, even on other men, even if they're straight. They, they just it's like true. having them dangle. Although, have you noticed there is a certain type of man who's also like always wearing a towel in locker rooms? Sure. Like, like they have you, some you sort are, of or, shame. Yeah, or the guy who doesn't take off his swimsuit. You, uh, after yeah. swimming- uh, the thing, the thing you do 100% notice is that any, and maybe women listening, the woman who listens to this 
will not know this, but any guy under say age 15 in the locker room will not take a swimsuit off while showering. Yeah. But there are some men that do that too. And then you have to wonder like, does he have a small penis? I think I was more modest when I was younger, but at some point I just stopped caring. Yeah. You realize you're about the same as the other guys. It's just a sign of adulthood. I had a friend in college and, and after college too, actually, who had like really skinny legs and he like had basically never worn shorts in his life. He was so embarrassed by them. He was like crippled by anxiety about it. That seems like a horrible way to live. Well, and also when you realize that no one cares. Right. He's, well, he doesn't he's realize something that. that's not there. Right. Yeah. Right. He probably does now. I don't know. I haven't spoken to him in a number of years, but I mean, he was well into his 30s and he was still very anti-shorts. That's really weird. Yeah. Um Okay, let's get into some of our uh, uh, promised topics here. So, do you know what somnophilia is? I, I, I mean, given your teasing of the topic at the beginning, I, I now know. Yes. Yeah. It's like, uh, let me find what it is exactly. It's sort of, a, it's sort of a, a light version of necrophilia, probably. Yeah, that's right. It's necrophilia it's, light. It's a sexual interest in engaging in sexual activity with a sleeping person. So right. uh, here's, what, here's what this lady says. I think I found a new fetish. So the other week I came home from work sick. I passed out on my boyfriend on the sofa, on the sofa wearing just a tank top and panties. That sounds nice. I woke up from my nap because he was jerking off while fondling me when I was passed out. And I woke up just as he was about to come and he came all over me. Is it weird that I was actually really turned on by this and thought it was super hot? Like I kind of wish he had tried to put it in or wasn't so close and could have fucked me. But I feel like such a freak for getting turned on by this and don't even know how to address it. Um, first of all, yeah, I mean, this is a little tricky. You definitely don't want young men reading that there's a woman that thinks this is super hot because that might nudge them toward like he, this person clearly didn't ask for consent before he did this. Is what, did she say they'd been drinking? No, I, I just don't remember. She okay. said she was sick, so that's why she was asleep. Sick. I mean, yeah. he might have thought she was awake. That would be like a kind interpretation. That is this. a kind interpretation. Um, she wasn't, and and she doesn't mind that she thinks she doesn't mention that he thought she was awake. I think that in general, awake. a person who's awake is more attractive than a person who's asleep, due to like a whole bunch of factors, like the way their body's position, the way, like what's going on with their mouth, nose Mm -hmm. and so forth. Like the reciprocal attraction to you is also there in a way that it can't be when somebody's sleeping. That's a, that's a good point as well. Now, if let's see, I mean, I would, I sort of think that the most compelling thing about a sleeping person is, oh, well, if you don't know them. So in other words, it's a novel person. So, so if I saw a video of a sleeping naked woman, okay, well, but it's mostly because she's novel that makes right. it compelling. But if it's right. someone you know, I think that them being asleep decreases their attractiveness by some amount. I, I feel um, the same. But I, I mean, I, I know from the various stories we've seen on the podcast that not all men agree with that or they well, find something compelling about it. One of the things I wrote down in my notes here is, okay, what do you think the next rung on this ladder is? Um, not It's not necrophilia. Um, no, but that's, that's on the same ladder. I bet. (laughs) 
I, I don't. <laughs> I don't think it actually is. Okay. Well, there's a few forks in the ladder, but it, I think it starts with something like this. It's like some sort of imagined non-consent, like being able to have your way with something that can't consent or resist. Like You're talking I about think, the guy, not not the woman. Yeah. Because yeah, this question was the woman. Look, I, okay. look, I know why she liked it. She liked it because she's like obsessed with this man and like just him using her for pleasure. It turns her on. So like, it, it doesn't matter what he did. Like, she, she likes just, being vulnerable to him. Yeah. Maximum. She really likes this guy. Right. So that makes sense. Okay. But for the guy, what's the next step? So you think, you think that, that, that it, this is a non-consent interest? Not... Well, I don't know. It's certainly adjacent. I mean, the next step could just be something like free use, right? He's he's excited by full access at all times to her body. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I could fork. It could it could fork. I I don't think it has to be uh, him being com- finding it compelling that she has lack of consent. Yeah, uh, yeah. His his his. I think it's. If I had to guess, I would say I think it's more likely that it's just that he's turned on by the implied consent that he has from her. Right. So it's more for use. Um, non-consent, yeah. I think, is more likely to be I think a person who's into non-consent is more likely to find be interested in her reactions when he violates her. Does something that's non-consensual. Right. Yeah. So having her be asleep actually maybe takes that away a little bit. Now, th- of course, yeah, I mean, like I'm well aware that there are stories of guys like finding girls sleeping in the library and beating off on them and stuff like that. So there's another, there's another kind of fetishy thing available there. I know that. Yeah, that's more of a non-consent than lack than lack of consent. It's the ghost. Okay. There was a uh, there was a free use topic I wanted to get to, so maybe I should do that now. All right. So this person says, sure. "Folks, in a free use arrangement, what is your system?" Quick background: My boyfriend and I have high sex drives. We love each other very much, and sex is one of our fundamental shared love languages. What? This like love languages talk is so bothersome. Like, oh, having physical intimacy is a love language. Like, no shit. What's you, what do you what have what have people said your love language is, Keith? Is it okay, arguing? Do you know what? Uh, do you not? Yeah, maybe you've maybe you're distanced enough from this. dating that you've been spared yeah. this. Okay, there are five classic love languages. There's some oh, book that came out. Okay, there's. Um, how do you know this? Is it because some woman made you listen to her tell you it or, or did you read it on Wikipedia? It would be like asking me, how do I know about astrology? I've heard it so many times now that I've just have it through osmosis. You, you've, because, because you actually have met, have you met an SP? You've met a woman who is, who believes in astrology? Yes. Okay, go on. <laughs> Three quarters of all women in the dating pool. Uh, yes. Frustratingly. Okay. Uh, Actually, I have a story to tell you about that, but I have to save it for offline. I've told my kids, by the way, about your astrology experiences, and they're just astonished. Yeah, good. They're like they're not they're not that old, but they still. I mean, they immediately know. Yeah. And I told you that uh, my son had a piano teacher that left teaching piano to become an astrologer. I. It's like I mean, he he th- th- consider this. We said, hey, can't you just keep teaching him? And he's like, no, no, there's so much. I'm so busy in the astrology game. <laughs> I don't have time. I don't even have a half an hour or an hour a week. I'm sorry. And he, re- you know, it's like, really, man? Really? I mean, if he was entering it cynically and he was like, I found a way to make more cash and it's easier than like teaching he said piano. That. No, he said that. He said that it was a bunch, he made a lot more money. And he, and when, and, and when we sort of verbally rolled our eyes at him, he said, um, look, it's amounts to like counseling. You know, he's like, look, he, so 
he, I think he yeah. does believe in it, but I, I, he also is, there's a wink and a nod there. Like it's a little bit like a stage magician. Okay. I don't want to do astrology today. I'm, I'm okay. I've, okay. I've had a recent wound on this that I don't want to. I know. I know. Pick at right now. All right. So, okay. Um, the love languages. Okay. The love languages. Okay. Here we go. All right. So one is uh, words of affirmation, you know, like compliments, I suppose. Or... So this would be like the woman who says she climaxes immediately after being told she's a good girl. Something like that. Yeah. I think praise kink is related to liking words of affirmation. Okay. okay uh, one. We've got quality time, which is, I guess, spending time together. No, uh, no. It's ha- quality time. So it's not like just watching TV next to each other. It must well, be like- yeah interacting is it do you think they would consider it quality time if like i'm arguing with them no that's probably <laughs> I not think that's, 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 i think a man would but yeah I'm har- haranguing them about <laughs> some my latest rage okay right no it's like you know asking them how their day went and letting them talk about some scuttlebutt with their friends or it's, but it's not like honey why don't you come watch me play super mario sunshine no that is not it's not quality it. okay time. would be for you though so there's a, there's a, uh, yeah, there's another thing here, which is what are your giving love languages and what are your receiving love languages? So wow, your receiving you might books. be having them watch you play video games, but you're giving. Right. Uh, so you could have like a book that's colored blue for one and green for the other. I can see, I can see how this like turns into a lot of money for some author. Okay. What's the third mm-hmm. one? Uh, third one is gifts. So gift giving. You see this on Seeking Arrangement a lot. That sounds... <laughs> Is that real? Is re- gifts really one of the love languages? It is really one of the five. Yeah. I mean, and isn't that every... Okay, fine. Yeah, you wonder if like whoever came up with this, it was published in 1992, the five love languages, how to express heartfelt commitment to your mate. You wonder if the author, who I will note was a man, cynically oh, Hubbard, was like... Certainly. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. a, it's about the same amount of truthiness and, and, and well-researched. <laughs> You wonder if he cynically was like, oh, what can I put in so that women who, you know, are, this is not a woke term, but who are gold diggers will, will feel like they can relate to this book. He's like, okay, let me put in, let me put in gifts. All right. Mm-hmm. So that's three. Uh, four is acts of service. Uh, so. Such as like doing the dishes. Probably. Uh, okay. Or. I think it's, you know, saying like, oh, I'll help, you know, whatever you can do. I don't know. Breakfast in bed. I don't know. Shit like that. Okay. Okay. And then the last one is physical touch, which is basically sex. But it's so going to say, all hand, guys it's going to say hand, hand holding and like neck kisses and stuff as well. But, but all guys receiving love languages is, is going to be that. <laughs> yes. It, I mean, let's be honest. But, the vast majority. Yes effectively all i think i mean you have safe safe vast majority that's fine so this is really am i getting this wrong to say that this is only for women really because for men it's simple i suspect that the uh average purchaser of this book is female yes okay the the median purchaser (laughs) okay um which uh so when you've had this conversation with women on dates and so forth what what love language do you evince I assume you've had to be been tortured with this before. So what do you, what do you say? What does she say? Like, what's the, how does this work? I mean, I think most people are afraid to admit gifts. Okay. Um, so like most people don't, don't say that. So you say then, quality time maybe? Yeah. I mean, I think for receiving, I'm probably 
probably Your physical touch, dude. <laughs> yeah, physical but touch. I mean, everyone's physical touch. Yeah, setting aside the obvious. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do like quality time, but I also like having a lot of alone time. So there's a little bit right. of a, sw- a swinging door there. Uh, okay. But. Okay. And then acts of service. Gift giving is like a hard no for me. I actually hate when people give me gifts. So, it's, so if, it's if you go to a woman and you say that your giving love language is a physical touch, that's like <laughs> yeah. repulsive to them, right? That's, you can't say that. That's I wonder. Yeah, that's an immediate I, no. Probably wouldn't go well. Yeah, <laughs> it's just they're like really. You're like, look, my the just the head, just the tip of my cock is so <laughs> giving. <laughs> it I it'll 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 offer physical touch to any woman. It's amazing. So you okay. I just, just feel overflowing with with love here. Just, I know that I wouldn't have to for, give it away. So forgiving if I were dating, the thing I would say would have to be quality time, I think is the thing. I think that's like the key. That's the correct answer. Yeah, that's the correct answer. The other one's gifts is risky. Uh words of affirmation sounds sort of it's it's not deep enough. It's too too surface level. I think if you're dating acts of, a much acts of service, I think is a woman might feel like she does that as her giving love language. But really, that's just her giving you a blowjob. Like acts of service is just <laughs> her side of the physical touch, right? <sighs> this is a good critique of this book. I'm gonna I'm gonna add some of this to my quiver and see if I can make a little it comedy routine won't. out of it next time it comes yeah. up. The problem is like when it comes up, it's it's like when somebody brings up, you know, what's your Myers-Briggs score? What's your Enneagram type? Like if I don't take it seriously, they get upset. Oh, you don't take Myers-Briggs seriously? I'm not sure what to say to this. <laughs> I, <laughs> You and I have both been in the same Myers-Briggs training several times and I know for a fact. Yes. The only that, difference, uh, you, you're, uh, you're you extroverted and I'm introverted. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was I was in one once that was in, that you were not in that um that where I, they they had a result that I thought was interesting. They were able to line us up on some variable they had. Yeah. Uh, now I'm not sure. I don't think it was from Myers Briggs. I think it was just self reported. It was interesting. Well, there in are that it was, there are other enneagram tests yeah. that aren't. I think Myers-Briggs. it wasn't, but I think this one wasn't based on a test. It was just they asked the question. It was it was how when you have a vacation. How much planning do you like to do ahead of time or how much mm. how unplanned do you want it to be? Yeah. And that was actually very interesting in that the people on one end clustered about it, it did I think it did reveal that question, which huh. actually had nothing to do with Myers Briggs, I think did reveal something about people's uh, planning versus not not planning yeah. personality types. Yeah. And would tell you something like, you're like, oh, now I get why if you're in a meeting with these four people, it goes this way. It's because you guys are all like obsessive right. planners. And right. this dude like just jumps in his van and drives away. And it's like, oh, right. that's why. In the meeting, he's tapping his foot and he's bored. And anyway, right? Yeah. Okay, no, but yes, generally, I agree with you that Myers Briggs is not, yeah, uh, science. It's not scientific, right? Myers and Briggs were uh, actually art majors. Is that true? Do you know that? No, I made that up. But it the the truthiness of what I said was around the same truthiness <laughs> as Myers Briggs. So, if you believed that, then right. Yeah. All right, all right. Back to these free use people. Okay, so they're twenty six and twenty four. They have high sex drives, and sex is one of their shared loves languages. Hmm. Uh, we came up with a system that I later learned was called free use in porn terms. However, in our case, we simply set ground rules as we can both assume consent whenever we feel the need. If either of us aren't up for it, we can simply say no at that point, and the other will understand and keep it in their pants for the time being. Okay, she's misunderstanding what free That's use. That's not is, really but- free. Use. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. Naturally, it also comes with using good judgment. Don't come and paw at me when I'm attending a Zoom meeting or not to touch him when he's using power tools. 
Okay. It's okay. a good system don't, for us. Don't ask for a Blumpkin. It's not right <laughs> How to get your free use privileges revoked. Mm-hmm. Uh, we eventually started to make up little shortcuts to make life easier for us, such as a stash of towels, some condoms, and a squirt bottle of lube in random crevices around the house. What? How big is their house? Check-ins with one another before one of us has to leave somewhere so the other isn't left w- w- waiting, to name a few. The fuck? That would be kind of nice. Like every time your wife left, she comes and says like, hey, do you need a blowjob real quick? Um, I like to be proactive about these things. So it just got me wondering, do any of you guys in a similar arrangement with their partner have any tips or tricks to make this uh, life easier? So the entire reason I read this was I wanted to read the first comment because I find this uh, almost unbelievable. Okay, this person says, I am 100% free use for my partner. For us, it means that I have consented to be used by him in any way he wants me at any time. We are also kinky, so this free use includes any kink activity he desires. I fucking love it so much. I love being his. I love our sex life. I love being used. I love when he gives me that look or uses that voice or touches me in just the way that I know we are game on and he's going to take me for a ride. It's rad. Okay, here we go. We are both 50, both high libido, engage in sexual acts about four times a day, (laughs) sometimes for extended periods of time, in parentheses, over an hour. This is that. This is actually that Virginia House of Delegates candidate right here. But go on. How? I mean, this is a life that just. I mean, are they retired? Like, how do they even function oh, in a normal society? Yeah, you're wondering, like, who go, who does the shopping? They obviously don't have kids, right? Et cetera. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, that's problematic. Four times a day for over an hour. And that sounds really boring. That sounds really boring. Like, uh, I, okay. When I was in college, uh, I, I, <laughs> I remember being in college at that age, yes. like 19 yeah, and having sex for like a period of time, like maybe an hour and being like, I got to do something else with my life and like getting up and leaving <laughs> even <laughs> at that age. So at 50, I mean, you think, come on, don't, I mean, you, you just have nothing better to do. I mean, it's. Uh, I don't, it, it just seems, this whole thing seems preposterous. Like we've, we've joked about free use in the past, but like, obviously there have to be boundaries. <laughs> like you can't, yeah, it's just like where that boundary is. Uh, oh, well, I mean the other, yeah, the other thing when you were reading it before you got to the age part, I was thinking to myself, this, this, this relies on the guy being, it relies on a really, really strongly matched libido or something because yeah. i think i think in most cases the guy will come up with something that the woman it could go the other way too but in most cases i think the guy will come up with something the woman doesn't want to do maybe at age 50 that wouldn't happen but sufficiently young the the guy's going to see something in porn and be like oh let's do this sure. and she's going to be like i don't want to do that <laughs> right uh, and i'm not sure exactly what it would be depends on the couple yeah i mean this person goes out of her way to say includes any kink activity he desires but Yes, again, presumably there's some edges there. Right. Well, I mean, since I assume they're a long-term couple, so he wouldn't want to do something like branding her on the butt or, you know, giving her a one of those like tattoo, like tattooing the whites of her eyeballs. These are <laughs> things I would consider doing, but <laughs> t- tattooing the whites of the eyeballs is a thing people in prison do sometimes. How uh, do you do that? Well, in prison, uh, you get the ink from like a ballpoint pen and you just uh-huh. sort of dribble it you dribble it through like a uh, incision okay. that's made all right. with I'm a sorry razor asked. blade okay all right yeah. i'm sorry i asked 
that's that's on me my bad (laughs) yeah i mean yeah it's like she'd be like man free use was really great until he gave me the swastika tattoo on my forehead (laughs) and then it then my life went downhill she's like like the cam girl but worse right yeah Yeah, like you can feel this person has often been asked the question like well of course there's some boundary but yeah she goes out of her way to say like three different ways there are no boundaries all right let's move on i want to get to this last topic and we're running out of time here all right this is about a penis extender uh my girlfriend mentioned she would try a penis extender with me, and now I can't help but feel insecure. So mm. she's 22, he's 21. Uh, we were out of town. We went to a sex shop. Um, we browse through the aisles, spelled I-S-L-E-S. Uh, we come mm. across this big selection of penis extenders. Uh, I told her it's the one thing I wouldn't try and asked her what she thought about them. She kind of just shrugged off the question at first, which I thought was kind of strange. So I asked her again, and she said she would try it with me. I know probably she didn't mean to make a dig at me, but I couldn't stop thinking about it. I'll be honest, I do have insecurities. I've never mentioned this to her, but I guess watching porn since a young age, you know, I've seen a lot of big cocks, blah, blah, blah. I have, average, I have an average penis. Heck, it's even a tiny bit above. And then he says 5.5 to 6 inches with 4.5 to 5 inch girth. Now, that's, that's quite a big above. range. Yeah, It's also not above. I mean, it's, it's, it's a round average. It's fine. Yeah. All right. She assures me all the time she loves the sex and is satisfied, but I see she enjoys the sex way more in the positions I can get very deep, like legs up missionary. Mm. There's times she's told me deeper, even though I'm giving her everything I have. Oof. I, I mentioned the penis extended to her later that day. I know I shouldn't have, but she could tell something was up and she again assured me everything was fine, but also mentioned that every girl fantasizes about trying to take a big penis. Right. Okay. This is now I remember why. That's I not true. Up. Right. Hold on. So that's what I want to interrogate you about. But let me finish. I guess that didn't help, but oh well. She hasn't had many partners before, only two drunken one-night stands, so I guess she hasn't experienced that. I can't help to feel insecure with my size. It means but to feel. I also think of the what-ifs, which I know is fucking with me. Any advice is welcome. Thanks. Okay. This is what I wanted to ask you. Could there be... Yeah, like... Maybe you want a partner that has had sex with a man with a big cock so that they know it's not, you know, materially better. You mean a partner with a big cock other other than me? Right. Sorry. I I should have clarified (laughs) that. (laughs) This is is for a person with a hypothetically modestly sized penis. Right. So you want... Them to have had to experience that. (laughs) Who's you in that sense? This is the hypothetical. They, the hypothetical person. Yes. One wants them to have experienced that look there's some <laughs> what what's so funny Nothing. <laughs> uh, there's some set of women i don't think it's a very large set that yeah. get a lot more out of a much larger penis there i i believe that's true um, yeah they, they're called size queens yeah so that's 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 a case and if you have a small or modest penis or even a above average penis like that might actually be i mean her love language isn't one of these five but it's it's her love language is to it's physical like a deep of a fist. It's a, it's a fist, <laughs> a rubber, rubber, rubber fist. But the, uh, uh, I, um, what, what is your point about having, oh, 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 right. So your point would be she should have tried that to know whether that's her love language. Yeah. I could imagine when inexperienced women definitely wondering what if. No. Like if they I mean, never maybe. had the experience of a cock that's too big. The reason I don't, 
could you imagine it? Yes, I'm sure that happens. But the typical woman, I don't think so. And my my evidence is that there's this really significant percentage of women who haven't even had an orgasm. Yeah, and like, I tried why don't to do. They all wonder yeah. what if. And with I, a vibrator, most of them would. But go ahead. Yeah, I I tried to do a thought experiment on this, which is yeah, if I had only had sex with one vagina, would I like fantasize about a tighter one? And I don't think. Oh I, yeah. You think you I would? would? Well, only because men are programmed to want diversity of partners. So sure. Well, fantasize, I mean, that's strong, but I'd be curious and like, I, w- I would be interested. I would definitely fantasize about a different vagina. I'm not sure I would fantasize about a tighter one. Maybe I would. I'm not sure. Uh, I think it would I've, I've very- had, I've experienced yeah. enough vaginas at this point that I know that tightness is not a material difference between. Sure. But that's, that's a, you have visceral- knowledge of that fact. Right. But I only have that because I've, you know, slept with multiple people. What what other attribute about a vagina might you fantasize about besides tightness? I have a topic I've wanted to talk to for a while about, about vulva color, but we'll we'll get to that next week. Maybe I've Um, never fucked a blue vagina or something. That's right. Yeah. uh, Like top to bottom length, like anus to clit distance. I could see fantasizing about that. I've never had a woman with a 12-inch anus to clit. I don't think that exists. I think it varies between like millimeters no and like a couple centimeters or something. Keith, if a woman had a millimeter between her anus and her clit. Oh, not her be clit. Clot. Sorry. <laughs> I'm at the bottom of her vaginal cavity. No, no. No, I was talking about clit because I'm talking about like the the full length of the yeah, okay, operative, operative surface it. here. Yeah. It could be, it's probably not, it's probably on the order of six inches typically yeah. or something, maybe a little longer. Um, you've never considered having one of these extenders. I, the, um, I, yeah, it's usually a mistake. I haven't, but I've it. never had it requested either. Like if, if a person I was seeing requested, I use a penis extender. I think I would probably just break up with them. Like, I don't think my ego could handle it. Really? I think so. Your ego couldn't, I think your, your first reaction would be to get upset. My first reaction would be that it's hilarious. I think I would, I would, I would be like, all right. I think my first reaction would actually be better than my, after thinking about it reaction. Like my first reaction would be like, oh, okay, maybe. And then, but then like my longer reaction would be like, oh, I may never be able to satisfy this person. And I would wait, wait, but if given the choice in my brain, given the choice, I'll say what I would do given the choice. Let's say there was a woman and she expressed a strong preference for this. I would <laughs> rather, even, okay, let's assume that I was going to break up with her. I'm like, okay, this is going to work because there's something deficient about me. Yeah. I would still rather get the size extender and see what happens to her. Oh yeah. Just, just okay. I think so too. Yeah. 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 So you would do, you would, you would do it, see the effect on her, but you aren't. And the reason I brought that up is you're not worried for your ego that you would see something, something would happen in that room that no. you could never unsee. No, I know that there are people with you know, enormous cocks. And so, and I'm that not... there are women who get tremendous pleasure from it. Yes. So that wouldn't bother you see, seeing, seeing, no. I think I already know that that exists. Okay. Think. And you, and since you were planning to, break, if, if it was a woman you were and, not planning to break up with, well, it would and bother in this you. Con- in this context, they've already asked for an extender. So like I've, you know, like most of the recognition that I'm deficient in some ways already occurred before actually viscerally experiencing it. I have to say, like, I kind of, I, I don't think I would necessarily break up with the person. I think, I think I probably wouldn't. And I kind of like the idea that there's this thing that basically I can choose whether to give her that extra pleasure. Hmm. So I can, like, I can withhold the extender. 
Like, Isn't stop it? being such a bitch. <laughs> not giving you the something like always having to wear a condom? Like, doesn't the no, extender I would, lower sensitivity no, because, in some way? Of course, but I would ref, I wouldn't use it most of the time. I'd be like, look, you know, occasionally that's our love language is not the penis extender, honey. It's <laughs> that's 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 for special occasions. Not using the penis extender, right? My, my love, love language, language. Is, is, uh, is preventing you from from getting that height of pleasure. Right. I don't know though. I, I know the fear guys would have in seriousness. The fear would be if it's that much better, she's just going to find. I mean, it's not hard for a woman to find other men to have sex with her. So right, yeah, right. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Your Mileage May Vary. Thanks for listening. Uh, we pay $10 for any feedback received. You can send us feedback at ymmvpod at gmail.com and put your Venmo or Cash App or whatever in there. You can also ask us questions there uh, if you are interested in our expertise. Um, if you'd like us to keep your question private, that is to say not to use it on the show, just say so in the email and we will honor that. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to catching you next week on Your Mileage May Vary. Je me retiens. Non.